0: Welcome into B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon.
1: And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma.
0: B-Bizzle, Hurricane Dorian, now Tropical Storm Dorian, and the B-Bizzle, Bobby Corser, B-Squared Weekly Weather Podcast Update slash Hurricane Forecast Update, which is what it has (laughs) become the last three weeks. Uh, Man, Dorian is still out there churning away. He is not dead. He is, in fact, alive and thriving. Um, I mean, what more do we want to go with Dorian? Because it seems like we've been talking about this now for going on two weeks.
1: Yeah. Like he can't stop, won't stop. And I mean, I know he's, you know, now a tropical storm, not a hurricane, but t- Canada as a hurricane.
0: Yes. And as a strong hurricane, I mean, not like a major yeah. hurricane, but you know, a, a cat too, I believe it came ashore. Yeah. Oh
1: well, yeah. High end one or a low end two. So like right there on that line, like he, uh, he, he did some damage. There's been some serious pictures. Lots of giant trees snapped in half. Lots of power lines down. That crane that collapsed on that building. Wow. And, like, wow.
0: And, you know, the, the thing that I think about is this, you know, Nova Scotia, they're used to storms like this. They get nor'easters every year. They have strong, you know, storms that come off the Atlantic and hit the island and, you know, the area pretty frequently. But Dorian seemed to just kind of wreak. A little bit extra havoc on them
1: uh, i'm just really like in imp- i don't want to say impressed but just like how long dorian's been alive and how much destruction from the bahamas to canada it's done right like like just putting that into perspective and watching its its track It really, really hugged the United States coast. Like, it was like weaving in and out. Like, it was following the line of the coast, but never made landfall. And I'm just, like, very blown by that. I don't understand how that happened.
0: Again, if you go to the National Hurricane webpage and you look at the graphics archive, you can follow this all the way through, and I'm currently watching the loop. Uh, of dorian as you know came through the lesser antilles and all of a sudden it looked like oh there's puerto rico no we're gonna go hard north and we're gonna skip puerto rico and then all of a sudden oh hey open water warm water major hurricane and then we're just gonna sit there and start to go real slow we're still a major hurricane and oh there's the bahamas there's you know the abacos islands there's grand bahama and then we're just gonna sit here and spin and spin and spin we're going to choke ourselves off because we basically, you know, welled up too much cold water. And, oh, look, now we're going to go past Florida and Georgia and South Carolina. And, oh, hey, there's North Carolina the Outer Banks. We made landfall in the United States as a hurricane. And then we're just going to race up the East Coast seaboard. Oh, hi, hi there. There's Canada and there's Nova Scotia. And, um, yeah, now we're going to sit there and uh, get ready to head back out into the open Atlantic just south of Greenland.
1: That is ridiculous to me, just south of Greenland. I just, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's, you know, we talked about on the show earlier this week when we taped on Tuesday that, you know, we were getting ready to look at the number of forecast advisories issued. And, I mean, uh, kind of the magic number that we were thinking is of 70. Well, the last update number is 62. So, Bonnie, we've, we've gone about, you know, 15 or 16, maybe even 20 since the last time we talked I think forty-seven was the last time that we talked. Nah, take the back. Forty-two was the last time we talked on uh, up on Tuesday. But even then, I mean, with it then going through other areas and man, it just
1: to start off in Africa and right. then end up just south of Greenland is just right. Mind blowing to me.
0: I know I don't have the numbers in my head about total miles traveled, but it's got to be worth at least enough for two or three first class round trip tickets somewhere. Yeah. If you well, want like, it
1: has to be back and forth across the United States at least once.
0: Oh, easily, easily. And you know, Dorian's still out there churning away. It's not. <laughs> it's not going to be done. If you look at the latest, you know, forecast advisor for them. You know, it's saying that eventually it's going to become post uh, post tropical, and you know it's in Newfoundland right now. Um, I think the is the Hurricane Center still issuing? No, the Canadian Hurricane Center has discontinued the hurricane warning for Nova Scotia. So the Canadian Hurricane Center is the one who is the one that are kind of issuing most of these. So they're taking over. It's kind of out of our jurisdiction now. Yeah, I think that we're still, we're probably still, you know, issuing everything, but I think they're the ones that we're kind of coordinating with.
1: And did you say something about Newfoundland?
0: Yeah. Um, The Canadian Hurricane Center has discontinued the. um, Ah, where is it? Hold on here. I was just reading this. I know I said uh, Newfoundland. Where was it? Nova Scotia. Um, i Oh, uh, hurricane warning is in is in effect for Western Newfoundland, um, from Indian Harbour to Hawks Bay. So that's where it's at right now.
1: I just feel like we have not talked about like this is not normal to <laughs> like talk Correct. about hurricanes hitting Canada, being just south of Greenland. I'm just. It, I have no
0: words. It it happens, not frequently, but it does happen. And, you know, most of these systems eventually make their way kind of up there. And like I said, normally we would be talking about this in terms of a nor'easter or really strong storm coming off the Atlantic, right? Yeah. You get some tropical um, formations and some tropical storms that do make it up there. But uh, my favorite part of this entire, you know, forecast is, We are requesting three hourly ship reports within 300 miles of 50 north and 59.4 west. Which tells me there's not a whole lot of data being gathered on the storm at the moment.
1: Oh, yeah. Because of its location and just resources up that direction. That makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, and I guess it'd be hard for hurricane hunters to get all the way up there in any sort of timely manner. Like...
0: Which is funny because now if you pull up in the discussion, the first line or the second line of the discussion is, there are no observations from the area southeast of the center where the strongest winds are likely to be. However, the winds at the nearby land stations are gradually decreasing. Based on this and some decay in the cloud pattern, the initial intensity is lowered to 65 knots. The global forecast models say Dorian to steadily weaken until the cyclone is absorbed by another large extratropical low to its north between 36 and 48 hours. So we still have a day, day and a half of Dorian.
1: Wow. Wow, Dorian. I'm impressed.
0: Right. The Ocean Prediction Center will once again provide guidance on the forecast of intensity and wind radii.
1: (laughs) Just crazy i feel like the last one that hit canada wasn't that in 2003 was that one possibly yes wow and i just you know that's not often enough for nova scotia and newfoundland to like have regular hurricane preparedness you know what i mean because right. like, it's not common
0: it's not and again you know they're used to winter storms they're not used to this yeah <laughs> um, the National Hurricane Center will continue to issue advisories on Dorian as a post-tropical cyclone until the threat to eastern Canada has ended.
1: Jeez. And I think I saw on the island of Nova Scotia. Is Nova Scotia an island? Yes. That there was 360,000 people no power? That's very possible. That's crazy. That is a lot. And I think it was close to the same amount in the Carolinas.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, very, very similar to that. And I know that number had kind of gone up and then back down and up again. It was, it was a roller coaster effect when Dorian was approaching South Carolina and then North Carolina because obviously, you know, a lot of wind on the north side, that right front quadrant just kind of, you know, bashed the coast as it mm-hmm. kind of just churned up the Atlantic and... You know, a lot of a lot of power outages. I know for a while, Croak Island. Um, I know I just butchered that name, and I don't care. Um, <laughs> in the Outer Banks, was completely cut off, and I know they had to provide a lot of rescues out there. Um, and I know a lot of power uh, just along the coastal parts of North Carolina were out for a long time. So, you know, it's just uh, it's very interesting.
1: Well, the other thing that's interesting is the jeep that was on the beach.
0: Oh my gosh. People drove If you guys don't know the story about this, we'll talk about this because this is fascinating to me. People drove a jeep out on the beach to see what would happen. <laughs> and not realize that it was probably one going to get stuck or two would probably be taken out, you know, by the tide. And what happened? It got stuck. Shocking. And then right. we all watched it as this thing, you know, you know, bobbed and weaved in the surf until it finally got, you know, pushed around. But I mean, come on, people, let's not be stupid.
1: Someone made a Twitter page for that Jeep. Did they really? Yeah. Oh,
0: that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. It was like it was called like the name of the Twitter was like the Jeep on Myrtle Beach or whatever. Like <laughs>
0: <laughs> we had a uh, we had a buoy break loose out here off off the uh, Oregon coast in the Pacific Ocean. And it's like one, we have like one, we have very few actual like buoys that, uh-huh. you know, kind of serve as instrument stations for weather and navigation out on the Pacific coastline up here in Oregon. Well, one of these buoys broke free, and so somebody created a buoy account on Twitter. <laughs> And they only follow, like, the National Weather Service and a couple of government agencies that are responsible for this buoy. And it's like, oh, look, I just passed the mouth of the Columbia. I'm moving, you know, I'm drifting north at 18 miles an hour as I'm waving to my friends in the sea lions. I'm not going to miss you. And then all of a sudden, like, the buoy stopped reporting. So, like, the battery ran dead or whatever. And so finally they came ashore and they found it. And, you know, if you go look at all these buoys – and you go look at the ship reports, they tell you on there, there's a warning, do not approach, buoys can explode, you know, just without anybody doing anything, basically. You know, the seawater will corrode it and eventually can cause an explosion with hydrogen, whatever. And so <laughs> this buoy kept tweeting, the person running the con was like, please do not approach, please do not approach. Oh, wait, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm back in the hands of my, you know, my savior, my lover, whatever. You know, all is good, but oh my gosh, it was fantastic.
1: <laughs> How are buoys attached? Does it go all the way down to yeah, the bottom?
0: I believe they are anchored to the seabed. Whoa! And I believe the cable that holds them is somewhat flexible, so they can rise and fall with the sea. But I am not one hundred percent on that. I need to uh, I need to do some more digging about buoys. But I, yeah, I believe they are anchored to the seabed. So
1: that's like really far down, though. Yeah, they are in some places.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm.
1: Researching it right now. It's a good thing we have those. How far off the coast do they go? Like they're not out in the middle of the Atlantic, are they?
0: Uh you know, I don't know. I think most of the buoys that are for navigational purposes and or weather are pretty pretty close in. Yeah. So uh So apparently they are mounted to the sea floor using some form of embedment system like oh, I don't know what those are. Uh, let me look here. How are buoys anchored? If you guys know you know, hit us on Twitter we would love to we would love to know, but of course, nobody ever puts a picture because you know why would you do that, and that's just too easy.
1: <laughs> How big is a buoy?
0: Uh they're pretty big. um, I know the ones that are like out in the Pacific Ocean are at least twelve feet in diameter and like oh. twelve to fourteen feet high,
1: so like bigger than like a car
0: oh yeah, oh yeah, these things are huge
1: oh okay wow
0: yeah. uh, do, 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 do. all right, different types of buoys um
1: I bet they're gross. Oh, they're ugly. Like bird poop and barnacles and like... Yeah,
0: well, if you go to Wikipedia and just type in buoy, you have all types of pictures, including the Noah Weather Buoy, which is a disc buoy, which sits there and just kind of floats and bobs and weaves. But yeah, you look at the other pictures of the buoys, they have bird poop all over them. They have other stuff all over them. But yeah, man, these things are, they're not small by any stretch of the imagination. And it's really cool. Um, There is a page and a video on YouTube of Noah doing buoy replacement and cleaning. And it's actually really fascinating to watch.
1: I bet that's kind of a cool job. Yeah, right? It's kind of like being a janitor, but like for the buoys.
0: Right. Yeah, and it's, I mean, that's what Noah does. And they go out and they clean them and it's it's pretty cool. So, (laughs) but. Um, let's see here.
1: And do sea lions really hang out on them?
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, let's see here. There is a picture again. If you go to just go to Wikipedia and type in buoy, you'll see a picture of a seal hanging out on this navigational buoy.
1: That is awesome. You know, I bet that's helpful for like birds that have been flying out and stuff like a light a little perch for them to rest on. You right. Know? Like,
0: but I have a feeling most birds in that area will be seagulls and they float, so they just kick it on the water. But then they have to worry about being eaten by, like, sharks and stuff. Exactly. But, oh well, it's all good.
1: He said, oh well.
0: <laughs> by the way, if you ever really want to think about random words and how they're spelled, think about buoy.
1: Yeah, I know. It's U-O-Y, right?
0: Yep. Why? Why is that Why is that a thing? Why is it called a buoy? I
1: don't know.
0: You're gonna think about this now for most of the day, and yeah. me Sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be like, where? Like, is this like a Latin term? Like, where?
0: <laughs> where does the word buoy come from? Coming up on next week's edition of B Squared, you Record the podcast, Bonnie breaks down buoy.
1: <laughs> you know, vocabulary lessons are important,
0: right? Hey, we cover everything here on the show: science, vocabulary, geography geology.
1: See, we're really like a very educational podcast.
0: We very much are. Uh, So in addition to what we have going on with Dorian, um, the Atlantic is still pretty busy. Now Mm -hmm. there is a very slight chance that in the not too distant future, the remnants of tropical storm Gabrielle, which is the G name storm, which is Mm -hmm. out there in the, uh, the Atlantic doing nothing could actually get entrained into the remnants of Dorian. (laughs) <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> so is it going to be like Doriella or like no
0: they would going? no Dorian would at this point would just be extra tropical and wouldn't be much but it would be, wouldn't be would be until later toward next weekend so the current path of Gabrielle is she's going to remain a tropical storm um, through this week into early next week by 8 a.m. Wednesday she's forecast to be moving toward the island of Great Britain and will eventually make landfall most likely either in Scotland or in Ireland. What? Yeah. hmm
1: Does that happen often? I feel like... Yes. Really?
0: Yes. But usually wow. as a post-tropical, not as an actual tropical storm. It is forecast to be a tropical storm when it comes ashore... In Ireland or Northern Ireland, Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Atlantic Standard Time. Wow. So uh, our friends from Canada and our friends from England will be dealing with two storms hitting, you know, the kingdom. So hopefully the Queen Mum and the royal family and all of their subjects are well prepared because they've had to go through it now with Dorian hitting Canada and Gabrielle most likely impacting still parts of their kingdom.
1: Wow.
0: Yes. So it is true the sun does never set on the British crown.
1: <laughs> I am just shocked. And what happened to Fernand? Like he like came and went real fast.
0: He came and went and um let's see here. Last time I checked he uh had been absolved and was probably going to be wrapped up in the extra tropical that joins into uh Dorian, but let me look. Let me look. I need to go pull up the archives because I'm not 100% sure what happened with that bad boy. Tropical Storm Fernand. Uh, Eight advisories, so you know it was a real big deal. (laughs) Um, Let's see here. Moved to the west-northwest. Nothing. Absolutely nothing.
1: Yeah, like came ashore as whatever in Mexico and then just kind of poofed out.
0: Yeah. Uh, It dove down to the southwest and then it kind of came back northwest and then it stopped
1: so what did it do just put down a little bit of rain
0: uh, a little Maybe bit of rain some lo- gusty winds yeah i mean it came as a tropical storm but nothing over the top special
1: i feel like the gulf hasn't been very active
0: uh it hasn't you know it's funny and you know we saw that last year with michael right it kind of had been quiet and then all of a sudden the storm pops up and within you know six days we're looking at a major hurricane so but when we look at everything else, um, you know the Atlantic is still pretty, pretty exciting. There's an area which they're calling disturbance two. Uh, likelihood of a formation next two days is zero, and then oh. formation through five days is twenty percent. But then area number one that they're looking at is saying uh, two days forty percent, uh, five days forty percent. So um, this area is one that they're watching. It looks like it's going to be taking a very similar track to Dorian initially just based on the GFS. I have not seen the Euro run on this, Um, but this needs to be watched because if this does follow the same path as Dorian or it does become a hurricane, uh, we will need to be watching it very closely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If it's going to go over any of the same yep. places it, that Dorian did, that they're just not ready for that. No, we're <laughs> well, not. Well, I mean, ever they won't be, but if, especially now they're not ready for, Another impact.
0: Right. And what did I see? The graphic today says that we're like still 60% of the hurricane season remaining. Wow.
1: Wow. And we kicked it off with Big D.
0: Oh, yeah. Finally. We're going through the Big D and Don't Mean Dallas.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Great song, by the way. There's a country reference in there for those of you that are country music fans here on B Squared. <laughs> Shout out to Mark Chestnut one time.
1: Oh my gosh. So, two areas to watch. Is it Gabrielle or Gabriella?
0: Uh, it's Gabrielle. I'm going to say E L L A.
1: Oh, Gabriella. So, she's just chilling, possibly going to meet up with Dorian, possibly hit but... the United Kingdom. Yep. Fernanda's dead. So, yep. that's where we're at right now. Breakdown.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: All right. Good. That's solid. So, maybe no cruising in the Atlantic for right now because. It's just kind of a mess.
0: Right. Um, I don't know if you have seen this or not. (laughs) Okay, so never mind. So this is not. Okay, so this is a while ago. All right. We don't have to worry about that then. Uh, The National Hurricane Center had just posted a link to a YouTube video. However, that YouTube video was published in May. So Uh. I'm not going to jump into that now. However, there was an anniversary that we do need to talk about. Speaking of storms
1: yes
0: because it was very very um what do I want to say here it, one it was impressive Historic. historic it was very historic two is a game changer yep and you know uh, we look at storm speaking of storms that move from the Atlantic into the gulf this was one of them and mm. nWS Miami had tweeted this out earlier but hurricane betsy came ashore on the state in 1965. Um, it made landfall near Key Largo, which is you know down in the Florida Keys, obviously. As a Cat 3, September 8th in 1965, storm surge caused significant amounts of damage across southeast Florida, was the first, first hurricane to cause a billion dollars in damage. Wow. And then after it made landfall in the Keys, it went through the Gulf and then came ashore, it looks like just to the south-southwest of New Orleans, which... We've seen that path before.
1: Well, I feel like there's an even more historic hurricane before that. Which was? The one that hit Galveston in 1900.
0: Yes. Well, yeah, the 1900 Galveston storm is kind of the one that kind of woke people up to oh, wait, we have these weather systems that happen.
1: Yeah. And didn't that, that was the, the anniversary of that, wasn't it? Wasn't it September 6th or yes, 7th? Yes, I believe
0: so. Yeah, let me look here
1: which if you haven't read the book, Isaac's Storm is so good. I've also seen a really good documentary on it and it's just it's just crazy. I think it was 8,000 to 10,000 lives lost. Yeah. So many, 4,000 people I think lost their home. No, 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 a fourth of the population I think of Galveston lost their homes. Something like that. Like it was legit and they swore a storm would never come through the gulf and hit Texas.
0: Right. Because, you know, why would that ever happen? Right. And, you know, it says nearly all the damage in the U.S. did occur in Texas, with most of it in Galveston. However, many communities outside of Galveston suffered serious damage. Um, and then it goes to list on this. But, yeah, three million dollars in damage to cotton, 75,000 to telegraph and telephone lines, 60,000 dollars to railroads, um, eight inches of rain fell, the highest 24 hour total in the month of September. Um, Just absolutely insane amounts of wind, water, damage, devastation. Um, Yeah. And, you know, it just and it didn't just stop in Texas. This thing went up Mm -mm. through Oklahoma, went Mm -hmm. into the Midwest, uh, affected upper upper New York, affected New England, affected Canada. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Just absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. And you know the when they look at the costliest hurricanes, you know from 1900 to 2017, Galveston in 1900. You know, in terms of today's money, 1.38.6 billion dollars. Sorry, 138.6 billion dollars.
1: Oh my gosh! Making it the that se-
0: yeah, making it the second uh, highest amount besides the Miami hurricane of 1926 at 235.9 billion. <sighs>
1: And, of course, they weren't naming storms at that time because they didn't think they needed to. Like, they were never going to affect the U.S., really. But, yeah. And so, but everyone knows what you're talking about when you say the hurricane of 1900. Oh, yeah. Like, that's its name, you know. So, but, yes. And the book is so good. So, if you don't have the book or have never read it, Isaac's Storm, it's such a good book. I have it. It's actually sitting here in my living room. Nice.
0: On the shelf. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, the thing that I was really fascinated about when National Weather Service office Miami tweeted this out is the forecast track that Betsy took. Mm-hmm. This thing goes up, you know, it avoids the Bahamas. It's just cruising along the Atlantic. And then it looks like it stalls out. And then all of a sudden it starts to move to the south. And then to the west, and it comes across, makes landfall at Key Largo, and then it moves that northwest direction, which is what we see those storms do once they move into the Gulf from the Atlantic. Either they come over Florida and then they make that northwest movement, or they come, you know, between Cuba and Florida and make that northwest movement, and then into just south of uh, New Orleans. So, man. Jeez. We are. We are definitely in the heart of hurricane season, and it's not just yeah. this year. It's every year. I mean, like we said, yeah. 60% of the season is still left.
1: And when did Katrina hit?
0: Uh, gosh, let me go look. Katrina came in in 2005,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: Katrina made landfall. Um, let's see here. She formed August 23rd, 20, 2005, and dissipated seven days later.
1: So just right into the beginning of September.
0: Right in the beginning of September, yeah.
1: Right at the end of August. Wow.
0: Let me see here. Do 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 do. Cat five that made landfall on Florida and Louisiana in 2005, particularly the city of New Orleans. Um, let's see here. It doesn't say the date that it came ashore, but uh, take that back. Uh, it a weekend, it strengthened a Cat 5 over the warm waters of the Gulf of Mexico a weekend before making a second landfall as a Cat 3, August 29th over southeast Louisiana Mississippi. Yep. Wow. The right front quadrant slammed into Gulfport, Mississippi, devastating it.
1: Oh, uh, speaking of right front quadrant, we're kind of hopping all over the place. But Dorian put down like 13 or 16 tornadoes in the Carolinas. Yes. And significant ones.
0: Yeah, coming off of those bands and then the videos and the pictures of uh, that were absolutely incredible to watch.
1: So crazy, and it yeah, it wasn't those little spin ups like normal. I mean, they were pretty significant on the ground for several minutes, type of thing. Like, wow, just wow.
0: And you know, all of it was. Um. Oh, I take that back. I think a majority of it was a uh, right front quadrant. You know, Mm -hmm. storms that were coming through and these bands were just coming off that. And you knew it was going to be a big deal when you're getting tornado warnings. It it seemed like hours before, you know, these cells even came on because they're like, we're just looking at these things individually spin as they're staying in this line. And that was absolutely, I mean, that to me was kind of mind boggling. I've never seen that.
1: Yeah. Me either. Like, I know tornadoes are common with hurricanes, but it's just the little spin-ups, quick ones. A lot of them are water spouts, that kind of thing. But these were like like tornadoes.
0: Yeah, and big ones too. Yeah. And I know that they'll have to go out and do surveys on them. But man... Which, how
1: do you do that? How do you, how do you know what's tornado damage and what's hurricane damage?
0: I want to say probably tornado would be more of the circular patterns that we see. You know, yeah. hurricanes, more straight line. And we know, you know I, I will say this, because of the advances of science and we're really good at doing storm surveys, we mm-hmm. know what a building can take in terms of a, you know, straight line wind, right?
1: Yeah, that's true. We that's know what true.
0: buildings and, you know, vegetation can do with tornadic winds. But you're right. I mean, <laughs> chances are, if it's not underwater, um, yeah. you know. Stuff's going to get rearranged pretty quickly, so I don't know. I mean, I would assume they would do storm surveys. I could be totally wrong, but I would think they would.
1: Yeah, I would think so, too. I just feel like it could be messy because you're like, okay, this tree, did it fall down because the tornado hit it or because the hurricane caused it to fall down? You know what I mean? But I do know, like, tornadoes make a pretty decent line of damage you know like you've seen aerial pictures of tornadoes and you can see the clear path so i mean i guess if they look at it like that that could probably help pick out what's where a tornado was on the ground and where it was not on the ground
0: right and i mean i i think they would use probably a lot of radar data for that especially because yeah. you know most of the time they're getting these warnings ahead of time that there is rotation in these uh squall lines but you know to just talk about a lot of weather stuff happening in a very small confined area
1: yeah from one system from one right. hurricane i just I, I mean it's been a very crazy two weeks so i'm just in awe this is this is where my obsession with weather comes right right here from this kind of stuff
0: <laughs> i am I'm, I'm 100% with you and you know we talk about different types of tornadoes right different types of supercells all these tornadoes were rain wrapped. Yeah. And you saw the okay. video of, you know, wind, rain, and tornado. And it wasn't something like we see in the plains. These aren't high-based thunderstorms. These things are quick-moving, low to the ground, lots of energy, lots of moisture. Uh, it was pretty scary.
1: Yeah. It was really scary. And, you know, it wasn't just one or two. It was – it was I can't remember if it was 13 or 16. That I saw, but that is still double-digit tornadoes,
0: right? That's in a, one
1: little area, that's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. It really is a lot. And man, just to go through and not only have to worry about you know a tornado or a hurricane making landfall, but now having to worry about tornadoes is just, you know, it it really does make my heart go out to these people because they're the ones directly affected it, and they're not having to deal with one natural disaster, but two.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't imagine. I mean, we do what we can to to handle our tornadoes around here, but to handle a tornado at the same time a hurricane is happening, I just I don't even know.
0: So, the tropics are active, it's that time of year, but there's other stuff happening weather-wise. You know, we're getting a mm-hmm. little bit of storminess uh, through mo- actually most of the, uh, continental United States has been in a general, general thunderstorm kind of pattern for a while. If you look at SPC and what they've issued, I know that obviously areas around the Carolinas were in an, into an, uh, a slight risk, obviously with Dorian making landfall, but they're I think so it li-
1: moved up to an enhanced. Did it, a really? Okay, good. A small sliver of enhanced. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, that would make sense. So, but yeah, we're in that, we're definitely in that transition from summer into fall and yeah you know, I've had thunderstorms move through the area out here in the Northwest. I know that you guys have had some thunderstorms, you know, pretty weak, um, you know, kind of just crisscross the Midwest, but, uh, we're getting back into that, you know, transition time where stuff happens and I love it.
1: Yeah. I mean, me too. And I mean, we haven't had much go on the last week or so, and we don't have much coming up the next week either. Just still nineties temperatures fairs about to start, but, we yeah nothing as far as rain coming yet but i think that that will change it, it typically does
0: right we've uh, been in sunny and warm it's been really pretty temperatures in the 80s and then all of a sudden all it takes is one time and it's usually that day or two right after labor day where we make that transition where we get into some thunderstorms we have a couple systems roll in off the pacific high clouds occasionally a little bit of rain showers um Yesterday, you know, they said, "Okay, we'll probably have severe thunderstorms." Uh, we were into the next level—not just the generic level, but you know, kind of the next elevated level for you know possibility of severe storms. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get any in the Willamette Valley, but up along the Cascades, we got it. They crossed the Columbia River up into Washington, but we were kind of stuck in this little stratiform environment where we had drizzle most of the day. And all it takes is just a little bit of an enhancement and a small little shower will pop up. You know, it rains pretty quick, but then it's out of here. And so, lo and behold, radar doesn't pick it up because, you know, we're below the scan level of where the radar's seen it. So, you can get rain, you know, between 1,000 and 500 feet that the radar just doesn't see. And so, had a small little pop-up shower. You were able to see maybe just the very top of it on the radar and then move through an hour and a half later, cleared out, and... Had a very beautiful sunset. A lot of really pretty pinks, reds, some gray mixed in. Uh, but yeah, so we're you know we've made that transition to where it's now officially cold at night. I guess.
1: Nice, and we're we're getting there too, where it is not cold, but it is a nice, cool feeling outside. It's not like it's just slightly less hot like it is during the summer. So that's been nice and to get up in the morning and it still be nice and cool, but I'm, I'm ready. I think we just got a couple more weeks of serious heat and then we're going to really start to cool off. So I am, I am ready. Maybe, uh, let
0: me ask you a random question. When you were elementary school, junior high, high school, was there like a certain smell that you just knew? Like it's fall, it's in the morning, it's time for school.
1: You know, not really that I can remember. However, I do remember certain days during the spring that smelled and felt like rain and severe thunderstorms. Okay. So there is definitely that sort of smell and, and feeling. You can just feel it in the air.
0: Right. And I, I know that rain smell real well. I think most people can identify it. There is even a scientific word and it doesn't come to mind right now, but there is a scientific word that you can actually smell the, the rain coming. Yeah. But for me, there's so was, crazy. Yeah. But for me, there was always this, you know, I could tell by this dis- distinct smell and feel of the air during the fall, like right when school starts. It's like, okay, fall is here. I have yet yeah. to experience that this year, but that could also be that I generally don't roll out of bed till about 10 o'clock in the morning. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you missed it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I might need to wake up like at six or seven, like most normal people do.
1: Yeah, come on now, get it together.
0: <laughs> well, when you work nightside jobs, sometimes it's not easy to do that.
1: That is true. Good point.
0: uh, You guys mentioned just heat, but officially, what do you guys have coming up the next week?
1: Um, Clear, maybe a little bit of clouds here and there, but 90s, mid-90s for the next week. The fair starts this Thursday, I believe, and that'll go for 10 days or whatever it is. So that'll be the exciting thing going on around here for now.
0: How many days will you be at the fair?
1: I think two is how many times I'm going to go, but it's not for sure yet.
0: Do you guys have concerts and stuff like that?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. One year, Gary Allen was here. That was excellent. Uh, We do have Disney on Ice also that comes through. Those tickets are really expensive, though. It's crazy.
0: Well, yeah, because you're going to have all those kids singing Frozen, Let It Go, Disney on Ice.
1: Oy, can't handle it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is fantastic. Well, out here in Oregon, uh, like I said, we're in this weird little pattern where it's going to be, you know, temperatures into the mid 70s or so and possibility of showers. And it's going to be like that for the next couple of days. And then after that, we get into what, you know, we kind of call like an Indian summer or a, you know, warm fall kickoff where temperatures are back up into the 80s um, and it drops down to about 50 at night and it's gorgeous and we enjoy it until the first true real rain sucker comes through, which is usually at the end of September.
1: Nice. Yeah. Well, here we go. We're finally moving out of summer. It's just, you know, we got to get through these last few weeks, and then here we go. New season starts. I'm ready.
0: Right. I cannot wait to start talking about winter. I cannot wait to start talking about ice storms and polar vortexes and – Arctic air masses. Oh, yeah. Nor'easters, all of it. But we still got to get through, like you said, through the end of summer and of fall. And we still have a lot of tropical storms to come. So,
1: yeah, lots to cover. Stay tuned.
0: Can't wait. We appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you guys interacting with us on Twitter and Instagram at Weather Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at B Squared Weather. Another great edition of the show. Bonnie, thank you so much. And uh, I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will chat with you guys next week. Bye.